You are listening to the Millionaire Talk Show with Charles Oglesby. We're going to be millionaires. And we're interviewing proven millionaires who've built their wealth in real estate, sales, marketing, branding, and other areas by betting on themselves. And now, here's your host, Charles Oglesby. Charles Oglesby. So this is the Millionaire Talk Show. It used to be called the Oldsby Scott Show. And it used to be called the Ty Kappa Millionaire Podcast, but we're rebranding and relaunching and we're calling it the Millionaire Talk Show. The cool thing is, thanks to uh, all these great things that are happening, I have actual millionaires to talk to people that have done a million dollars in sales, that have accomplished some really cool things. And Ashley Johnson is one of them. I'm sure you've seen her on the internet. I'm sure you've seen her on your favorite uh, social media pages out there promoting what she's been doing with Flipping Pallets and uh, her course on Flipping Pallets. So we're going to talk to you about that. Also talk a little bit about real estate and just all things dopeness because she's doing some really cool things. So uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, the first question we always ask is, who are you and where are you from? Um, so I'm Ashley Johnson. I'm from Southern California. I was born in Pasadena, but we moved to like Fontana, grew up in Fontana, California. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm from. And that's where I grew up. And then I moved out. I moved to Arizona in 2015, moved back for a little bit. And now I'm back out here. So. Back out here. Um, dope. So what would you say you're most known for? brag about yourself a little bit <laughs> um probably for flipping pallets um that's what i'm known for so that's kind of how i got started and then i took it to social media came out with a course and it kind of blew up yeah. so one question we always ask all our guests is what was life like growing up um so my mom had me she couldn't take me home because she was on like drugs and stuff so she gave me to my aunt, her sister, and she gave me a, my aunt gave me a pretty good life. Uh, we lived in Fontana. We li- have like, I lived in the suburbs kind of. And um, besides like my, my siblings, they would come, they would leave, they would come, they would live with my mom sometimes, live with us sometimes. Um, but for me personally, she gave me a good life. I mean, uh, she went to work every day and she took care of all of her sister's kids. And then um, I got whatever I wanted, as long as my grades were good and stuff like that. Um, but ultimately I had a good childhood. It wasn't until like, you know, my young adulthood, I started making mistakes, but she gave me a pretty good childhood. Um, so when did you get into flipping pallets? Okay. So, um, as you guys know, my brother is Chris Johnson and he called me one day and he's like, Hey, I got these, comp- I, w- I got this idea. I went on this website called GovDeals and they have these Mac computers. Um, I'm going to buy $10,000 worth of them. We're going to turn around. We're going to flip them. So I'm broke at the time. I'm like, okay, let's just do it. So um, his girlfriend at the time had brought all the computers to my house. It was full of desktops, uh, keyboards. I think you actually bought one. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I <had> one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we were doing that. But the problem was when we were shipping them out, they were getting broken. They were too big. They were too heavy. So we were like, dang, we're kind of messing up his reputation. You know, we kind of got into it. He's like, you're sending them out and they're breaking. I'm like, I know I'm wrapping them up, but the post office literally does not care. (laughs) So um, we started doing that. And then when I moved back home in 2019, um, I found a warehouse. Me and my cousin found a warehouse called Via Trading. And I started getting my own pallets and I started flipping them. And then he was like, hey, you need to come out with a course and show everybody else they can do this. So I was procrastinating. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But me not thinking, I'm like, obviously he made so much money off courses. Why wouldn't you do that too? So my mindset wasn't there yet, but put out the course April 9th and it took off. 
it really just yeah. took off. There's a lot to unpack there. I think that one of the things that most people won't really realize is that first kind of like entry into flipping pallets allowed you to continue to flip pallets, which then allowed you to create a course on flipping pallets. And so like, that's always tell people like, do something, anything but sit in there, do something because you guys still made money selling the computers. Yeah. You did well with that. So you made money, even though you were kind of making mistakes, moving moving forward. And now it's blossomed into something that's huge. Um, when you started flipping pallets, um, one of the things that I'm trying to figure out is how do you know the pallet's going to be profitable? How do you know what you're buying you can be able to sell for a profit? Okay. So when you go, it's like shrink wrap. So you can see what's on that pallet. So we have different apps, like you can use Amazon, eBay. And on eBay, if you scan the item, you can see when's the last time an item has been sold and what it's sold for. So if something hasn't sold in six months, I mean, to me, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to sell it. Um, So that's how we kind of do it. And then also you want to calculate if I see, you know, a fan, um, uh, what am I trying to say? A hoverboard and things like that. You want to see how much it's going for in the store. You don't want to just be like, oh, I got a pallet for 500. It's a good deal. If you don't know what's on that pallet, how could you know that it's a good deal or not? Um, So you want to make sure that you can see your money on that pallet. Um, Mm -hmm. But what we're going to move on to, um, I was looking at warehouses today is us actually becoming opening businesses and becoming the liquidation warehouses. So we're going to start buying by the truckload um, and then having the pallets at our facility. And then, um, yeah, so then I'm going to come out with a course and show everybody how I came out with um, flipping pallets, the warehouse, and then let everybody open because ultimately it started off as a side hustle. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do side hustles forever. So we want to, you know, turn it into a business. So then I'm going to franchise them out. So I just got big plans. (laughs) That's dope. So you go from flipping pallets to flipping trucks to kind of flipping warehouses. Yeah, that is cool. And so you said you have to see the money on the pallet. So when you look at the pallets, you're scanning the outside, you're seeing what's in there, and then you're automatically like kind of calculating the value of what's on the pallet. Yeah. So if you go and you see that a hoverboard is selling for a hundred dollars at the store, you know that you can probably sell yours for like 75 to 80, or you can, that's just me thinking about it. I think I can sell it for that price. If you use the eBay app and you scan it, you'll see when's the last time the item sold and when's the, and how much it sold for. So you can kind of base it on that too. So once you get that number and you calculate everything else that's on that pallet, then you would go and uh, see how much the pallet's for. If it's $500 and you can see that there's $1,300 worth of stuff on this pallet, then it will be a good pallet. But it also depends on what category you're buying from. So a lot of people think we're just selling selling um, damaged products or things like that, but there's different categories. There's new customer returns, overstock. So some people I have in my, uh, like my class or my students, they buy strictly overstock. So when Target has overstock or even overstock.com, they'll just sell new brand new items. Yeah. So it's like you have to do the calculation of the actual sell value and then you discount that back to what you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any, any negotiation involved or is it just like take it or leave it with the pallet people? Uh, it depends on which warehouse you go to. So the one, the big warehouse that I went to initially, it was like as is. Um, but when I started going to warehouses out here, I always refer people to that warehouse and they were like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a discount because you give us so much business. So, so it depends on where you're at. And obviously probably depends on, you know, who has ownership in that business if you're talking to the right person. So I would assume that once you start like going to the source, I guess, now you're cutting out the middleman and now you're just talking directly to whoever's shipping these goods to these people. And so it's like that, the strategy there, now you're having a conversation with the big dogs instead of the, the warehouse itself. 
Yeah. So there's a website called B-Stock, right? And that is kind of like a third party uh, website, but it just allows you to bid into the auctions of Amazon, mm-hmm. Target, Walmart, Costco, and things like that. So now instead of we're, we're sending the stuff to the liquidation warehouses, we're going to become the liquidation warehouses. So now I'm going to go bid on Amazon pallets directly. Yeah. So what are some reservations that you would say people have when it comes to flipping pallets? Like what are some common maybe objections you see a lot? Yeah. So if you're not going to, it's a lot of work. It's physical labor, right? And you know, now me going to get a pallet every single time is not is not going to work for me anymore because you know I moved on from that. Um, that's why we're talking about owning the warehouse and stuff like that. But if people are not willing, but when you when you're not where you want to be, you have to be willing to do anything. And that's how I was. You know, I was really hungry and I was willing to get up and go to the pallet warehouse, um, bring it back to my house, list everything on OfferUp or Facebook Market place. So some people, um, they don't want to do that because they're lazy um, or they just don't have the time. And then we also have, um, you know, some people think that we're just selling broken items or whatever, but there's a way to get around that. So that's, those are the two main reservations I see. Yeah. Who would you say are some of your most successful students that have taken your pallet flipping course? Um, well, I have a few. So this girl I talked to the other day, uh, she retired her husband. She has three warehouses now. And wow. like I said, they strictly buy over stock. So they'll go buy truckloads of overstock stuff, put it in their warehouse and they have an e-com store. So it's not like you can go and physically pick up the items. They'll ship them to you. But um, she has three warehouses now and she's like, yeah, we made like $60,000 in two months. So I was able to retire him because I need him. And um, yeah, so we have that. Um, I have like two other girls who started their own business doing this and they got actual brick and mortars. I got people who do brick and mortars. I got people who do e-com. I got people who open their own warehouse. Uh, there's another guy. He's in San Bernardino. His name is I'm not going to say his name because we're not friends anymore, but um, <laughs> he has his own business now. So, so many people took this and they ran with it. And in the course, initially, I didn't even really talk about starting your own business because I wasn't even thinking like that. Obviously, I updated the course, um, <laughs> you know, as it went on. And I started saying, like, look, you guys can turn this into a whole warehouse. And then I have so many people doing that now. Yeah. The cool thing is I was going to go down the e-commerce kind of rabbit hole, but it sounds like you can still make money even if you're just going from one one place and then just taking it to your store and then selling it in the brick and mortar, which is interesting. But e-com is so powerful. And I don't think a lot of people realize how powerful it is because now you're selling these goods nationwide. So now your customer base goes from being San Bernardino to everybody's Dino. I think that's really cool. Um, you, I've seen you make a few posts about like pallet flipping scammers. Like how does somebody scam that? I was really confused. Like, how are you guys scamming pallets? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Okay, so it's like this. Um, I'll make an Instagram page and I will show all these pallets, right? So pictures of pallets of real facilities, but I'm not actually selling any pallets. It's just an Instagram page. I'll then go to my followers um, because everybody on my page follows me and they want pallets. And I'll say, hey, are you looking for a pallet? What city do you live in? Let's just say they said Riverside, California. I'm going to say, oh, I um, actually sell pallets in Riverside. Uh, what's your cash app? And people fall for it. <laughs> crazy. I feel like the worst thing is they go 
after your followers. Because I've experienced that too. Like you don't really see it because usually it's in the DMs, but they'll literally go to people who like your stuff or comment on your stuff and then slide in their DMs and try to take advantage of those people. And it's like, you just want to help people and they just want to rob people, but they're using the same people. Yeah. So then it gets, it gets confusing because then they're like, if I pay for a page to post me, it's like, oh, she scammed me out of $600. I'm like, I don't even personally sell anything for $600. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, have you had any of those fake Facebook pay- or face like Instagram pages pop up? Like, yep. hey, this is me. <laughs> I had like five or six. So for, they all they always pop up. And that's kind of what happened. Exactly what I just said. Um, people got scammed out of a lot of money. And then when I go on a page, they're like, hey, she scammed me for $600. i am like, no, I didn't. But <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, Obviously, that means you're doing something right if people, you know, are trying to copy you or whatever. So it just sucks, though. It really does suck because so many people you don't realize there's so many people on the Internet that don't even know the basics of like, don't send your money on Cash App. Like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't even use Cash App. Yeah. Um, It's like one of the most it's like one of the least secure ways to transfer money. Like you really don't have much recourse. People just be hiding behind hashtags and stuff or cash tags, what they call them. (laughs) Um, what were you doing before you got into flipping pallets? DoorDash, Amazon, um, you name it. I was there. Uh, I was actually doing websites too. My brother had built a brand and he asked me to do the websites for him. So like I said, I was doing anything. DoorDash, Amazon Warehouse, I did Amazon customer service. I always had jobs and I hated them. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I always want to quit or always get fired. And then my family would be like, "Uh, it's kind of your fault. And it probably was my fault. But when you think about it, I used to work at call centers too. So when you walk in a call center, I just feel like your creativity leaves your body. You have to be a robot. You can't think outside the box. And that wasn't for me. So I always quit or just do something else. And then DoorDash kind of gave me a little bit of freedom just because I was able to, you know, you pick your hours or whatever. So I kind of did DoorDash and I was doing the websites. And then once I found Flipping Pallets, I was still doing DoorDash. But then when I put out the course, I couldn't do any of it because it like took over my life. So you, you put out the course, you said April. April 9th, 2020. And when did you realize you had something? The second day. <laughs> 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 no, really, because look, the first day I sold 200, I made $200. I'm like, OK, cool, whatever. I still went back to DoorDash the next day. And then the next day I had paid another page and I think I made $1,200 that day. Hmm. And I was like, you know what? Nah, like if I can make $1,200 on my own, if I could do it today, I could do it tomorrow. You know what I mean? So, and I had, you know, of course my brother in my ear, like you got to keep paying the pages. Don't slow down. Don't spend your money. He was in my ear. Like do not spend your money. Cause he knows what it was like for me to go from being like literally broke. Um, like I said, I made a lot of dumb mistakes when I was young. Right. So I was trying to repay them. I was, paying for them actually so um when I made $1,200 I'm like all right whatever so I just kept paying pages I eventually I think I stopped doing DoorDash that same the second day or third day I was like over it because I was like if I can focus and just put my energy into this and then I didn't realize that the customer's results was my content because you don't want to just post buy my course buy my course hey buy my course you know what I mean when they start sending the content every single day I'm like oh I didn't even realize that (laughs) and um that's very important. Do you still uh, promote and run ads through other pages? I do, but it's a little different now. I think because I, I feel like they're being less valuable, but, and they're overpriced. Yeah. And they're overpriced that. now, but I still do it here and there, but I'm starting to get organic traffic too. So. Right. And that's the crazy, I always tell people that, and I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't expect for me to pay other pages and then their followers become my followers. Mm-hmm. And so you saw your page go from, I don't know what, what you have, but you have like a lot of followers now. Yeah. I was like, at 1200 and now I'm almost at 
200,000. Yeah. And so it's like, you're right. Now you have organic traffic. Now you have a captive audience of 200,000. And I don't think you sold 200,000 copies of your course just yet. No. <laughs> so everybody's still a potential customer. <laughs> it's kind of exciting because now that I start thinking about it, I'm like, what's my next move? Because I'm tired of talking about the same thing. I feel like I've been talking about it for a while. And I came out with a few other courses, but I'm like, you know what? No, like you just go start a warehouse. And I got people who are making, there's a guy, Reed, he makes like $10,000 a day doing this. Because if you think about it, so let's talk about truckloads for a little bit. So you can buy in the cases, you can buy by the pallets, or you can buy by the truckloads. And the truckloads is going to be the most money. So what he's doing is buying, let's say you buy a truckload of 24 pallets, you sell them at $500. I want to say that's $12,000, right? The truckload probably cost you $2,000. So that's like $10,000 in profit if you're able to sell 24 pallets, you know, even if you made that in a week, a few days, a month, you know, that's life changing money to most people. So, um, yeah, we got people doing that too. So I'm like, well, why don't I just start my own warehouse, call it flipping pallets. You know what I mean? I have the power of my social media. And also I feel like with these liquidation warehouses, they don't know how to market. You can do the old school marketing of, um, want to make money, come learn how to flip pallets. You can go put those on cars or hand out, um, business cards or whatever. So I feel like now do it in here, do it in, uh, Arizona, branch off Vegas, go all over. And then obviously show people how I did it so they can do the same thing. Um, and then I might do a franchise and, you know, charge them to start a flipping pallets. <laughs> that's, that's a really good price to buy the truck for two grand. Yeah. So it's like you make them like it costs you more because now you're not paying 500 bucks. Now you're paying two grand, but the profit margin is a lot larger. It's kind of like everything is like selling drugs. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> I'd rather be the person selling the, the money to the drug dealers than the person who's actually selling it on the street. Yeah. The street guys make street level money. The guys who sell the big time stuff, they make the big time money. Um, you also have a, a, a what is it called? Uh, a logo for your uh, your course, which is interesting because I don't think a lot of people were doing that. Like you were one of the first people to have a, a logo flipping pallets for your course. How did you know to do that? You know what? When my page blew up, people just kept telling me, let me do your logo. Let me do your logo. And this mm. one guy asked if he could do it. And I was just like, whatever, go ahead. And I had people do that before, but they wanted promotion. They really wanted me to promote it. I'm like, I don't even like this logo. You made it ugly. So, um, <laughs> so I had a guy hit me up and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And it kind of worked out. Um, so man, where was I going to go? Let's see. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you is I saw a post where you said something about how flipping pallets wasn't even like your first product or course. Oh yeah. 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 So I had a hair care line in 2018. So I've been an entrepreneur since 2018, but the thing was the profit market margins weren't that big in my hair care line. And I was spending my money on things that had nothing to do with my business. Um, but so that was 2018. So in the beginning of 2020 in February, I had came out with a, my own beauty line, showing people how to start their own hair care line. And it sold a little bit, but it didn't sell like flipping pallets. So, you know what I mean? So I was like, thank God I didn't give up because I would have just been sitting out like, I think it was like 15,000 or whatever. So. Right. I remember you saying that. What was the, the revelation or the insight that you got from that experience? Um, man, just not like your first product might not. I think you said that before too. Like your first product might not be your best product, but yeah. just keep going. There's no reason to stop. And then I got people, I got people who ask me like, if your business doesn't work out, um, are you going to go back to work? I'm like, no, I'm gonna go start something else. There's no limit to this, <laughs> but I really don't feel like people get like, sometimes you can have a business, but you're not free. Right. So you don't understand what it's like to really be free. So now I have the course automatically. I mean, it's automated. So now I'm able
able to do whatever it is I want to do. When you get a taste of that freedom, just going to keep starting more businesses and investing that money into other things so that, you know, it. most businesses are going to go out of business within 10 years, but it doesn't matter. I'm not going to stop being an entrepreneur. So that's kind of like the mindset I have now. So you said something that I've never heard before. You said you automated your course. What do those systems look like? Um. Well, not, it, I mean, not necessarily systems, but I have people in place. So I don't do the posting anymore. I'm not um, finding the pages anymore. I'm not doing DMs anymore. You have to, because customers are crazy, right? And especially because I have a low ticket item, it's $25 and they'll talk to you really crazy, right? And it's just like, I'm the type that I want to argue back. And I realized, (laughs) yeah, I realized I can't do that. So I got somebody else doing basically anything. The only thing I really do post if I get on there and get on live or whatever. But other than that, somebody finds the pages for me. Somebody else does the DMs. Somebody else is on the comments now. So, Hmm. yeah. So in terms of post, Posting. Mm-hmm. Are you posting the same ad over and over again? Or are you no, creating I, new content? I have someone who makes uh, new ads for me. But at first, initially, I was posting the same ad over and over on those pages because it's kind of like a commercial. You see it all the time and yeah. you see the same commercial over and over. And I was doing that. Um, but sometimes, you know what else works? If you post the ad on your actual page. And I didn't realize that until a few months ago. So I'll make an ad like, oh, Ashley hops into the billion dollar industry and I'll post it on my actual page. And it's like people who've been follow me, but haven't purchased, they'll go purchase and then running night sales. And I just learned so much from, from just selling the course. (laughs) It's crazy. It's it's funny because I literally thought about doing that today, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to post it on my own page. But now that you, now that you said it, I'm definitely doing it. There's a lot to learn. Um, it's a it's such a dope business for a few reasons. Um, and I think one of them is just because you don't have to re up. Like, unfortunately, when I when I sell new views bags, I got to send money to China, mm-hmm. and it's not a little bit of money. It's like three to five grand, and then I got to wait thirty to sixty days. And all this whole time, you could be marketing, promoting, advertising, putting stuff out there. I gave somebody a refund. I was like, I'd rather you have the refund than me take my time actually working with you one on one because my time is more valuable than the money that you pay me. So I think digital courses allows you to see how much your time really is worth. Especially yeah. when you start looking at how much you're making versus what you used to do when you're working labor all day, door dashing, whatever else you were doing. Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. That's the thing about courses, webinars, sim- or not seminars, but webinars, um, subscriptions and all of that. You realize this is the, what other business do you not have to, I mean, obviously you pay for ads, but other than that, you're not paying for inventory. You're not paying for the warehouse location. So if you can just monetize courses, seminar, I mean, webinars, subscriptions. Oh, you'll be good. You'll be good. You just got to keep coming out with more content and you got to keep doing more stuff so that you can come out with more courses, help more people. And then it just, it's like a cycle. Mm-hmm. It is like a cycle. It's like the more you do, the more you can teach mm-hmm. everything like, oh, well, shoot. Now I'm teaching a course on blah, 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 blah. Now yep. I'm teaching a course on whatever. I mean, you, you're leveling up to get into the truck. So um, I thought about creating a truck on a course on trucking, but I was holding off. Maybe I might release that course. Um, How, like, I know we talked a little bit about your marketing kind of tips, but what is some other things you haven't shared with us yet that have worked for you in terms of marketing? Um, Going live. I go live with a lot and I used to go live like every day. I kind of slowed down now because, you know, obviously I got other stuff to do, but going live helps your brand so much because this is what I'll do. So if I pay a page, I go on that page, I probably might run a sale right after I go that page, or I might go live right after I run that promotion because they're like, dang, I just saw her. Now she's on live. And I got, I had people tell me that like, dang, 
I saw your ad and now you're on live and now I tr- they trust you because they can, you know, they see that you're on live because there's so many fakes mm-hmm. out here on the social media. That's so many people just promoting lifestyles and I kind of don't want to do that. You know, it, it does bring a certain lifestyle to me, you know, having all this money or, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want people to think like, oh, be an entrepreneur so that you can get a Mercedes Benz truck. Like what? <laughs> That's the last thing on our mind. We got to get these assets first, but I just don't want to do that. So when you get on live, it helps um, them, you know, like actually know who you are. And then I started a YouTube and they can start kind of see like behind the scenes of what my life is like. But yeah. Another thing that I saw that you did is you were collaborating with other creators. Oh, yeah. What was that like? <laughs> OK, so um, his name is Ace or No Time Zone on the Internet and also Dantes. So right. Ace is Chris's best friend. Then Chris found Dantes and we were all going to do me, Chris, Ace and Dantes. We're going to do it. But then I was like, it's kind of that's a lot of people. And then we have to split it or whatever. So Chris um, ultimately backed out of it. And then it was just us three. So we ran up like 100,000 in like a month or two. So it's just like we collaborated. We put all of our courses together. So now you got I think it was like at the time it was like nine courses and you sell them for like thirty five dollars. They feel like they can't beat that. So then, you know, it ran up a lot of money. Ultimately, um, we're still cool with Dantes, but he wanted to do his own thing. So me and Anthony or me and Ace, we run our courses every Friday, same sale. We say 20 people left. Obviously, we learned that from Chris, but putting our courses together, definitely it just makes it go faster. So that's really cool. And I've always wondered how that can work, because, you know, you start crossing over and then you have to split the money. You got to split that. But you also kind of get the benefit of the marketing piece. And I tell people that a lot of times when you collab, it's not just one plus one equals two. It's like you put one plus one and now you doing five and 10 times what you would do. I don't know why it works like that. I just know it does. Maybe people trust you more when there's somebody else vouching for you and promoting you just as hard as you're promoting them. But it definitely works. I saw you guys. I was kind of curious. I was like, is it successful? Because I don't know. You're splitting it with all those people. But when you do 100 grand in two months, like it's pretty good money. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah. And so, you know, during the week, I run my own sales. I do my own thing. And then on Fridays, I'll just run the sale with him. And then the rest of the week is mine. And it kind of works out because you're bringing so many different courses and they only have to pay for it once. And then sometimes we start doing webinars and we start doing tours and stuff like that. So it works out uh, fine for us. And then every Friday when I get that screenshot of how much we made off the money pack, I'll just divide it by two and send them the money. It's not like I, you know what I mean? Like it's just send them the money. Right. Um, So you are doing a tour. What stops have you already made and where are you guys headed to next? Uh, So we did Southern California and then we did Vegas. So we're going to do Phoenix and then we're going to head over to Atlanta because, you know, it's just so different. And Atlanta, I feel like they're so ready to do business and they're ready to collaborate and they're ready to just have, you know, brunches and things about business. And California, it's a little different. So uh, I know Atlanta is going to be huge. (laughs) It's so different. And I keep trying to explain that to people. But like sometimes when you're like an, an entrepreneur, in California, you can feel like a weirdo almost. Yeah, like they don't understand <laughs> you. <laughs> 
like what's wrong with you go get a job boy like, yeah. like maybe there's other things that are lucrative and people don't really realize until it really comes to fruition but how many other people will be able to do those things if they were supported from day one instead of having to prove themselves and then get the support so it's just interesting um and that's really cool and if i can promote or help push that any way i can um one thing that we've talked about and i know i've benefited from and it sounds like you're capitalizing on as well is the affordability piece a lot of people think they have to sell high ticket to make high money but you've done well keeping your prices affordable how much are you selling your courses for and what drives that focus um probably because i knew what it was like to like just need an opportunity right so i needed an opportunity i needed the information and i didn't have a lot of money to do it but i knew that working for other people was not for me you know what i mean so rather i'll do five different side hustles to not work for somebody else excuse me i knew like that's what i wanted so i know what it's like to just need an opportunity just need some information well obviously i don't work for free so that's why you still have to pay but i don't want it to be like oh i paid five hundred dollars just to you know what i mean i just don't want it to be like that and then the people who sell courses for five hundred dollars it's like yeah you probably sold 10 of them you know what i mean but you could have sold way more of that if it was that price and um honestly i just learned from i really learned a lot of stuff from my brother and he told me he was like everything i'm doing just do it in your own way and he sold you know low ticket items and i see how successful he is and so i'm like let me do the same thing because i don't want to be out here now if you bring in value worth five hundred dollars because i understand what it's like too because when you do sell low ticket items you deal with the most crazy customers right but at the same time i know what it was like to be broke and just need an opportunity so that's mm-hmm. why i do that yeah and it allows you to touch so many more people yeah and i think that that's why like i saw you post something you're like everywhere i go somebody's like is that chris <laughs> yeah oh my god we went to texas he bought a house in texas and they like know who he, who he is and i'm like hey it's time to get security <laughs> <laughs> and he's like oh i don't want like you know it to bring attention to me i'm like even if they're not dressed like a security guard it's about that time because <laughs> it's interesting crazy. and you might be right especially making the kind of money he's making i saw i was in arkansas with taste sweat mm-hmm. and interestingly enough i don't think he makes as much money as chris and he has security yeah and it's just this dude that just be falling around everywhere just in case you never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Chris is such the type to be like, oh, I got it handled. You know what I mean? Obviously, he carries his weapon with him. But I'm just like, you just never know people. We were in the mall and a guy ran up on us and he's like, oh, I do party promotions. And he didn't have a flyer or anything. And then he goes, follow me on Instagram. And Chris goes to follow him. And he was already following Chris. So I'm like, he's lying. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he knew who you were from social media, but he didn't want to say that. And I was just like, you just never know. Just as many people have, me- they meet him and they're like, oh, I'm so thankful this, this and that. There's somebody her who obviously you know could be jealous so and also the weirdest thing sometimes is when you're sitting next to somebody who follows you and they don't recognize you like i've been at conferences and somebody was like oh man you talk and like they didn't they didn't even know that they knew me yeah and so like there's people who know that they know you and there's also people who don't even know that they know you yeah and so like you have to kind of take into consideration that everybody kind of knows so mm-hmm. It might make sense to have that kind of protection in line. And it's not that expensive. I know uh, Derek Grace, he has, he, he spends a lot of money on this security. I don't think he needs to spend that much, but <laughs> you could hire somebody for like 80 grand a year. Yeah. Probably I, less than that. I think it's about that time. I'm just like, um, this is cool. It's cool that people meet you and they're like, you changed my life. I understand that part. But then when you think about the Nipsey Hustle situation, you, that's always a fear for me. Yeah, and my brother yeah. just doesn't think like that. And I'm like, no, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, um, so you own four rental properties, shifting the conversation to real estate. Um, how did you get into real estate? Um, honestly, I was making a lot of money and I was like, I don't really know too much about real estate, but I know that there's cheap houses in St. Louis. So 
I think he was probably a wholesaler now that I think about it. He hit me up and was like, oh, I have four houses for 75,000. And he was telling me what was wrong with um, one of them. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay 75. I could do it for 60. And I still had to fix up one of the houses. So that was cool. And we kind of just made the transaction. I didn't know anything about anything, but uh, I flew out there and I had tenants in them that came with a property manager. One of the houses did not have tenants and I had to pay like 18 grand to get that house fixed. Uh, then we got a tenant in there. And as soon as we get a tenant in there, the next door neighbor was like, oh, I'm moving out. She moved out, didn't say anything. Her husband just got a new job. So um, I kind of just got thrown into it because I wanted to buy some real estate because I was making a lot of money, but I wanted to put it somewhere. And um, obviously, like I see now, I see why people park their money there, but it's not going to be as fast as, you know, the course money. You're not going to do You're going to have a lot more headaches than obviously the courses, but we have to put the money somewhere. So right, right. Um, I flew out there, met the property manager. It was pretty cool. That's always tell people that you still got to be in business because you're going to make your money in business, but you can park it in real estate. Like what else are you going to do? Sit it inside of a checking account. It's cool to yeah. look at for a while. And then it's like, all right, now I'm actually losing money. I have those properties appreciated in value since you've owned them. Oh yeah. So, um, like I said, I bought them for 60. I put, you know, a few, I put some money into it, but I got them appraised and they're at like one, one thirty nine, I believe. Jeez. So. so you doubled your money. <laughs> you <laughs> Just doubled like your money. <laughs> That's dope. That is really cool. That is, it, it, it makes it worth it. Um, In terms of the renovations, what exactly did you have to do? Like, what does 18 grand get you? The roof was messed up. I mean, we had a, a squatter. Is that what they're called? A squatter in there when we pulled up. Um, the roof was messed up. We needed new doors, new floors. Um, There was a car parked in the garage. They had like a, a detached garage. There was a car parked there. We had to get that removed. Cleaning up, painting, all that stuff. So uh, we had to get a new stove, new cabinets, all that. Are you cash flowing? or are you just mostly leaving that inside of the real estate deal to take care of the real estate? Or are you like actually pulling the rental income? Uh, No. Well, the rental income is just the rental income. When I go to buy it, I mean, pay for, you know, the renovations, I just pay for it. So what's the plan going forward? Where do you, I mean, uh, outside of what you've already discussed, we've discussed the the warehouse, we've discussed creating a course in the warehouse, like large scale plans. What would you like to accomplish? Um, Well, I guess I already said, I want to franchise out those warehouses, uh, buy some more property. Um, I, I think I told you, I don't know, but I just got approved for my house loan. So what you can do, um, those houses, I could take the equity out and then, you know, go buy more rental okay. property. And I feel like people don't really talk about that. And I don't know, maybe we just don't know about it, but, um, I was watching this one video and the guy was saying like, what I do is he took a hundred, he bought houses in cash. So you could buy a house in cash and then ultimately put a mortgage on it. Right. So, um, you know, I just want to keep taking the equity out my house is going to buy more rental properties, um, starting different. I, I just have a lot of goals, a lot of goals. So, but my main goal right now is to do the franchises of the warehouses. Obviously I'm not going to work in the warehouses because I think a lot of times we start businesses and then we work in them so much that it does, it just feels like a job, you know, but I employ, you know, a lot of my family and I think it's about the bigger picture, you know? So I want to start them giving them warehouses too. Like, look, this is your warehouse. So I don't have to employ, you can be self, you can do it by yourself. Um, right now I employ my mom, my, well, my aunt that raised me, um, my sister, a lot of people close to me. So we got to keep, I got to keep going, you know? So it's funny, not funny, but it's interesting that like you, you're talking about how your business is going and you have so many people that you've hired and brought on and you have people out there saying they're worth all this money and they've got no employees. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want I don't know if you want to comment on this, but what was your take on the whole fallout that happened with the, the be reinvest? The guy that 
said he bought a house for a hundred thousand in Inglewood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, I have to tell you that you're like the funniest person on Twitter. And I don't know if people really get your humor, but me and Chris send each other your screenshots. And I'm like, he is so funny. Like, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, you know, it's crazy. What's even crazier about this is that people really he didn't have no he didn't have no receipts, no screenshots or anything. And then it's just like, what person would a hundred worth a hundred million is doing $10,000 deals with randoms on the in- internet. Like it just doesn't make sense. Um, but I felt like a lot of, a lot of that was them sitting around talking about people who sell courses and ultimately they were broke. So you have a lot of time on your hands and you just talk about people all day. And, um, <laughs> but it's crazy that people will save. And some people were saving their last 10,000, like, Oh, me and my homeboy saved for our last 10,000 and send it to him. Like, why, what made you think he had money? What made you think there's no, no website, nothing. You're just sending your money to rap. Right. I don't know. I don't right. know. Just, just Twitter, just <laughs> tweets and vibes, man. Tweets and vibes. Before I let you go, you tweeted some really cool things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, the first one is um, you said you don't need permission to build an empire. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it just when you really think about it, you can do anything in this world that you want to do. It's kind of like how you guys have your subscription groups, right? And it's kind of like a school if you think about it. And to think that you started your own school based off the internet, you don't need any like credentials or anything like that. You can build your empire so you can make whatever it is you want to do. It might be a start off with a course that goes to webinars, subscriptions, and then you start hiring people. And by the time you look up, you created your whole empire and you don't need permission. You don't need, I mean, not to knock school because I think education is very important and I did go to school, but I dropped out. But um, it's just to say that you have to be self-educated as well. And you have to realize that people are wealthy by, you know, in business, stocks, uh, real estate and things like that. But if because there's a big argument of the nine to five versus whatever, but it's like, it's not even about that. You can be a nurse. You can't pass that down. And people were mad when I said that you can't pass down your job or your degree to your kids. Right. So what we want to do is take this money and then put it into things that are going to be forever. Um, but yeah, you don't need permission. Nobody's going to, they, they can't be like, well, you know what? You started a business last week, so you can't start anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> do what you want to do. Right. Um, the other tweet that I saw was super dope. And you said um, how you wish you knew all this before you had kids, but maybe you feel like the kids are what inspired all of it. Yeah. So when I was two, no, three days after my 24th birthday, I had my son and then I was just wanted, I just want to be a stay at home mom. I just want to take care of my kids because, you know, my mom didn't raise me. So I always felt like, like, damn, what was it? Why didn't she want to raise me or whatever? So I just wanted to make sure I was a great mom. Then I had my second kid and I was like, okay, wait, hold on. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like I'm increasing how many kids I have, but I'm not increasing my income. I'm not increasing my knowledge. I'm not increasing anything else, but I'm increasing how many kids I have. But I think when I had my second child, I was like, you know what? It lit the fire under me. I'm like, I got to get it together. Cause I literally laid on my mom's couch. Like I got two kids on my mom's couch. What are you doing? And that thought came to me and I haven't looked back since. So I think like just me personally, I was just out, you know, having a good time, enjoying life, letting life pass me by. And then when you have kids, it's like, no, it's it's deeper than just me. You can't be selfish at that point anymore. I think the cool thing about 
kids, you have to be bigger than just yourself. Um, when I was when I, before I had my son, I really could just be me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to earn too much money. I just knew I couldn't have no money. Yeah. But when I had my son, I had to like have enough money to take care of myself and also have money to take care of him, which then maybe have to like double what I was doing everything before then. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like think about it like this. When I was broke, we couldn't put my kids in daycare because they were, I mean, I didn't have the money for it. And now I'm like daycare comes out and I'm like, I don't care. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? But I'm able to put them in school, a good school at that so that I can go off and do whatever it is I want to do. Because I think sometimes when you stay at home with kids and you still have ambition. Now there's some people that want to stay at home with kids. I'm not judging or anything like that. But for me, that was not me. I always had, you know, a job and things like that. When I had kids, it kind of slowed me down. So mentally you go crazy because you're like, this kid needs my full attention, but I also want to, you know, go create other things. So that's what I struggle with when I'm at home. I'm like, man, (laughs) I can be doing so much and he can be benefiting off the things that I do. So it's like, I have to kind of lock in, even if he is home, just because I know it's for his benefit. Like I know like, all right, like last night I had done my calls and everything. And it was like between seven and eight. So I gave him a bath and I was like, you know what? I'm not getting on any of their calls until he goes to sleep. Like I want to make sure I give him this time. So it's like, it goes hand in hand. Like you got to give him the time that belongs to them, but you also got to grind when it's time to grind. Yeah. So um, dope conversation. There are a few quick questions, fire round style that we ask every guest, every show. And the first one is who is somebody that you look up to and why? Um, I guess everybody knows this answer, but um, it's my brother, Chris. He changed our lives. Um, I still work for him now. I do classes in the well squad and stuff like that, but he really came from like nothing. And when I mean nothing, I mean like, you know, he came from nothing, went to the military, started the watch line, and then it kind of broke off to different things. But, um, and I, I'm very grateful for him because my dad died when I was 19 and he kind of like stepped up and took place. Like when I started making a lot of money, he was calling me like, don't go buy no car. Like you need to make sure you invest your money and don't just spend your money. He don't say it like that, but um, he'll say it more like, oh, just keep going, man. Just keep going. Keep paying those pages, staying consistent, you know, and I thank God for that because when you go from zero dollars to making, you know, without my other business partners making like a million on my own, you can easily blow that, you know? So yeah. I look up to yeah. that. <laughs> I'm telling folks like the, the most intelligent thing that a lot of us have done was making it and putting it to work. And interestingly enough, the whole get dividend play I got from Chris, like we paid the mortgage with dividends, but instead of like buying a house, we just take care of the mortgage. Um, instead of buying a house in cash, take care of the mortgage and dividends. But what's interesting is I first met Chris and it was weird. Like I was living in Corona and this is just when I started Tide Capital, very, very young company, just doing like investment club podcast stuff. And I got a DM from this dude and he was like, Hey man, I just started a, a, a watch company. It was a lot. It was like when he just started 17th yeah. watches, he only had the white, the white watch. He's like, I just started the watch company. Um, he was like, we got to link up or something. He's like, I'm in the area, same area as you. We never ended up connecting. We just all kind of followed each other. And I saw him grow that business into like a six figure business. And then I saw him like creating brands for other people. And then I saw him doing the MacBooks. And then I saw him doing the courses. And that's when like it stuck. Like we had always kind of been sharing each other's tweets and things like that, screenshot and whatnot. But it was like when he started doing that and I started doing like, he, he was doing like 40, 50 grand a week. I was like, let me investigate this. I need to get, I need 40, 50 grand a week. Yeah. <laughs> I could do something with 40 grand a week. And that's when I saw that because I had courses and content, but I didn't have it that way. I didn't have it affordable. And so I took my price point. I cut it from like 400 bucks to like a hundred bucks and it just took off. But also I had a lot of pressure because he was in my DMs. Like you got to run a sale. You got to promote this. I was out there promoting something I wasn't even really confident in. And like yeah. that push, that drive actually got it to the point where it, it is now and where it continues to kind of be. So that would be somebody that it's, it's rare that I come on my show and say somebody that I look up to and why, but that'd be Chris. Absolutely. Um, what is your favorite business or real estate book? Um, 
does it have to be business or real estate? I like the power of habit. Um, I think it's really interesting because you realize that your habits and your decisions are exactly why you are where you're at today. You know what I mean? So a lot of times people be like, oh, my parents, this, my parents, that, like we all have a sad story in some aspect. But when you realize if you stay consistent, you see consistency on my Instagram, when you stay consistent and it becomes a habit to every day, okay, make sure this is going, this is going. It just, it shows, you know, the money's there and it shows and it might not, you know, you might put your, all your work into this one at one post and it might not go how you want it. And then the next day, you know, you'll have a great day. So I think your, your habits and I grew up around a lot of people who just, you know, drink, smoke and do nothing on the weekend, celebrate every weekend doing nothing. And you realize it's because of their habits. So what does wealth mean to you? Wealth means being able to do whatever the hell I want to do every single day, (laughs) but also having your money in like, um, and things that make you money. Like when Chris told me about dividends, I'm like, damn, you don't even have to deal with customers. <laughs> it's a lot slower, but you really don't even have to deal with dividends. But like having multiple businesses where I'm helping people. So I'm employing a lot of people too. And, you know, you're able to change your family's lives and then you change their lives. They'll change other people's lives. And you think about the power of that. Um, but also ultimately waking up and doing whatever it is that you want to do. Like if I want to go out and, you know, drink right now, who cares? Because all my business is taken care of. So yeah. um, what sets apart successful business owners from those who give up, fail or never get started? Um, let's see their consistency, their discipline and their habits. So I see a lot of people start businesses. And then as soon as if it doesn't take off by tomorrow, like I said, I came out with a course that did not do well, but I still came out with another course. And then I have some courses that came out after. After that that didn't do as good but i'm still going to come out with another course because i don't feel like there's no limit when you realize that the power is in you and that if you ever did something dope before you can go do it again right so then when you feel better about yourself when you start accomplishing real things that's where i think the insecurity comes from and i think that's where it comes from with that be reinvest dude is like you don't accomplish anything so you sit on the internet and talk about people who do accomplish things because you don't think it's possible because you haven't accomplished anything so um, I think people are just ready to give up so easy. I'm like, damn, if it didn't work this way, try it a different way. We're going to figure it out. But, you know, going back to a job is just not what I'm going to do. And that's why <laughs> it was so funny when you said, <laughs> you said, I said, I'm going back to a job. <laughs> I didn't say quit your job. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. And I felt that so much because it's like, I didn't, you guys don't have to quit your job. It's just not for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. Like, where do you get this? from <laughs> i don't even know i don't know i think having, having money helps you have a sense of humor though yeah um last question is where can people find you follow you support what you have going on um at ashley j 93 on instagram on twitter I don't know if I want you guys to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> follow the business for Ashley J93 on Twitter, Ashley J9358. Um, and then YouTube is Ashley J. Oh, awesome conversation, awesome episode. We're gonna get this out ASAP. Donald the voice, get on it, man. Even kind of moving slow on my episodes, but we're definitely gonna promote this in public and get some dope Instagram content out, do some micro content, things like that. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I definitely appreciate you. It's cool following you, sharing what you have going on and watching what you are growing into so keep it up and uh yeah my name is charles oglesby also known as top millionaire and we are signing off thank you so much podcast listeners what's up if you've reached the end of the show 
Thanks so much for listening. We value your time. And that's why we want to give you the best sounding, best produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10 year voiceover artist, narrator and production specialist that wants to see only the best life giving, equipping and long lasting content be produced to help others. So if you have commercial video editing or other production needs, I'd love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash Donald.TheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you.